So, Purim is around the corner, and uh, it wouldn't be right if we went into Purim without discussing something relating to Purim here beforehand. So, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about an interesting Indian relating to the halachas of Purim. And of course, I recommend checking out the stuff I've done in the previous years. I'm not going to list them all, but you can look them up. This year, I want to talk a bit about the halacha that you find in Shulchan Aruch and Hilchas Megillah, Simon Tafresh Peiches, Din Krachim Hamukaf Mchaimam Yimais Yeshua Benon. Right? So we know this Purim, the Shushan Purim, surely we all know at least that. So if you look in Simon Tafresh Peiches, the Beis Yosef, the Mechaber, writes just a few short points. Sevalef, Krachim Hamukaf Mchaimam Yimais Yeshua Benon, Afilu Eino Mukaf and Achshav, if they were, they had a wall in the days of Yeshua, even if now there's no wall, but there's still a city there. So their proper day of Purim is the day after everyone else is on Tezvav. It doesn't matter. So if you have a city in Chutzlaretz that you know goes back to that date and had a wall, Tezvav, Shisham Purim. Gets into the technicalities of you have to ascertain that it was the wall was there, it was there at the right time. That's the halach. Beis, v'chein ha'kfarim ha'nirem imoyim. It's not just those cities, but also you have the concept, the term samoch v'nira, locations that are nearby, either samoch or nira, whatever the definition is. That's what he covers in Sev Beis. And he adds, u'b'shushan, called shushan parim, and shushan itself, avapisha'enu mokafas chamin mimais Yeshua, as it happens, uh, shushan itself did not have, no one's claiming that it had a wall all the way back then. But of course, that's where Shushan Purim happened. So that's where the Ness happened. So of course, we read Dante Zvav in Shushan. Shushan, uh, we're assuming, is still a place. It's still there. Gimel, Kfarim Ayaris Gedailas. Stama big city. Krachim Shein Makafim. Kfarim Ayaris Gedailas. Krachim Shein Makafim Chemim Reis Yashob. And none, Kainim Biyadal. But any other city, seemingly, that didn't have a wall. You read on Yadal like everyone else, like, like most of us do. What if you're not sure? He doesn't define and explain how we might be sure or not be sure, and that's going to be important. But he says it's a suffix. You read it on both days, both nights, four times. But the bracha shall only be made the first day Yudalid, like everyone else. Like the Bechaber says. That's, that's, and that's where the discussion of this Indian ends. Then he goes into the questions of Ben Krach, you know, went from here to there and back. It all sounds very simple. But if you're following the news, following the headlines from this year, from previous years, so you may have noted that this is actually a halachic Indian that causes a great tumult and a great shturim every year with people arguing different sides. And so here, for example, is news mamish from last week. It was reported in a number of places. I'm quoting here from uh, Makorishon. That a headline, joining Yerushalayim, the Rav of Lud decided that Purim and Lud should be celebrated only on Tazvav. Shimon Biton has this surprising psak in which he's saying that Lud should shift over to Tazvav only, not Yudalit. Today, the standard minig in Lud is to observe both Yudalit and Tazvav. This was from last week, Tess Adar. And the article goes at length. It says, Roshim Biton, he's the Rav, he's the Rabbanut uh, Rabbi of, of Lod, as they mentioned towards the end. He's also a member of the Chabad community, which makes it interesting. So he released the Psak. There are images of the Psak out there that, in which he makes this 
decision, he announces his decision and his view, which should be only Tazvav. They quote him, Higati lemaskano brura vachaluta ki ha'ir lud hi ha'ir lud ho'atika. So what's the question? As we'll see, the Gemara mentions Lod as one of the places where uh, you should lay on Tazvav. The Shiloh was only, is Lod now the same Lod that, that you had them? Because as we know in Eretz Yisrael, obviously Eretz Yisrael has a history that goes back many thousands of years, Jewish history, uh, pre-Bayashrishan, Bayashrishan, post-Bayashrini, and there are a lot of very, very ancient historical sites, but, and there are a lot of places that have ancient names, but we're not always 100% certain that uh, a city that has a name is the same place, the exact same place that it was in 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. And we know, uh, we know uh, just from the reality on the ground in different locations that ancient cities tend to get destroyed, there was war, etc., and often they were rebuilt, but not necessarily in the exact same site as the, the previous city. Obviously with Purim you also have the din of Samach Venera, so you have to be arguing presumably that it was rebuilt you know, somewhat, uh, quite a distance, a mile down or more from uh, the original location. But that seems to be uh, fairly common and fairly reasonable, that uh, just because the place has a name doesn't automatically mean that it's the same place that uh, you read about in the Svarim. But I mean, Ritone has come to the conclusion, he got to the Maskana that Ha'ir Lud today, he Ha'ir Lud Ha'atika. So, in view of that, we should be celebrating only on Tazvav. However, he didn't get the uh, agreement of the Rabbanim Rashiim, and he's, he's, uh, he's uh, working for the Rabbanut, so he doesn't have the, the Shtempel. So, for now, he's still saying they should keep the minute of celebrating both days. But he's, he's gearing, he's trying to push things towards, perhaps, Taka celebrating only on Tazvav. Uh, right, the Gemara itself mentions Lod, it quotes the Gemara, Lod v'oinoi v'gei achershem u'kafes chaymim imais yeshu ben so it is enough in the Gemara that mentions Lod, so that we're starting with that, it's not like other places, which as we shall see, Melchatchila, there's no mucker, but we can create our own sveikas and say, well, maybe it's an ancient city, maybe it had a wall, maybe it had a wall in time yeshu ben Here the Gemara actually says, Lud, Lud is on the list. The Shaila is whether Lud today is the same Lud. And there's a halachic backstory. So uh, uh, Lud has only been around apparently, Lud, the modern city of Lud has only been around really uh, for the last uh, 100 years or so, or so they say. I didn't uh, go and fact check that. I know that uh, two years ago I spoke about a similar but different Shaila of Yom Tavshani, where you celebrate Yom Tavshani, and according to the Rambam, it doesn't automatically work with Eretz Yisrael one day, Chutzlar, it's two days. Really in Eretz Yisrael, the, the new cities, cities that weren't around at the time by Yashani, should also have a Yom Tavshani. And I, I spoke about Ramallah, which is near Lod, and it's interesting, each city in Israel really has its own interesting history, uh, Jewish history, Arab history, destroyed, rebuilt. But for the purposes of this article, they're saying Lod has been around, Lod as we know it has been around for the last 100 years, uh, or even less, uh, or the Jewish city of Lod. Uh, so the assumption was from the beginning that this is not biblical Lod. Shmo Salant said that uh, there's more than one Lod. However, in the last, what happened, what's happening now, what's changing, what's shifting? Last many decades, archaeology. Archaeologists have been digging around uh, Lod, and they're arguing that we see that there's many, many layers of going back you know, a thousand years, two thousand years, three thousand years. We see almost uh, consistent presence right in this location. So therefore, they want to argue that this is the historic Lod. 
Arbaton said he went along with uh, the mayor and the archaeologists and they toured the archaeological sites and he finds it very convincing and persuasive that we see literally all the, the from the Ottoman era, uh, from the prehistoric era, from, from the prehistoric to the Ottoman era, uh, by his tradition, etc. We see that they're, in fact, they're even speculating that the Gemara mentions the Maisa of the Tanr Shalach Noi. So they, they Dafka found, when they dug, they found these uh, ancient uh, furnaces. And they're speculating, maybe we even found the Tanr Shalach Noi from the Gemara. Okay. So, uh, so Rav Yosef, uh, the Rav Rashi, he also seems to be swayed by the archaeology, but his take on it was that yes, there's a minig, the minig is already in place to celebrate too. We're not going to change the minig, but everyone should know that he also agrees that the second day is really the ikr, and the first day is mitzah the minig. Not like other places where maybe the suffix is shvacher, and you say the first day is the real day, and the second day is the suffix mitzah the minig. No, the second day is the real one, and the first is mitzah the minig. Uh, so that's what Rav Yosef said. So Rav seems to want to go even further. Right, surprisingly, he's a Chabad Chassid. Chabad, they say, is the only community in Lud that has been ignoring this whole meaning the whole time and only celebrates Yudalit and ignores Tazvav entirely. Archaeology, garnished. So interesting that uh, this is Dafkar of Beton. There's also a Chal. Archaeology is, uh, you hear the, you know, it's a triggering word. Uh, religion, Yiddishkeit, uh, has a, uh, an uncertain relationship with archaeology and what can be uh, derived and deduced and decided and concluded from uh, that type of uh, study and research. So that's certainly a part of it. It's very easy for uh, Rabban Chaim just to say, you know what, let's just not be good at archaeology and make life easier. Obviously, these Rabbanim are more open to that. So that's what's going on. That's the background. Uh, literally, like I said, this past week, ongoing, and there have been and debates about Lud going on for the last uh, couple of years. Now really, when you, when you get to it, the whole concept of Shushan Purim is not a necessarily very fully straightforward, clear concept. What's the Indian of Shushan Purim? Uh, what's its relationship to these different places? Where did these Sveikas come from? Who came up with these Sveikas? Who came up with these Minhagim? And if you look at it historically, you see that it's not just uh, one direct line. It's not a linear thing. Minhagim in different places at different times developed in different directions over the last 1,000 years. Obviously you have the Gemara, and then you have what we know from different locations in the last 1,000 years. Right, just the, the basic, basic facts are, uh, right, we sell the Shishan Purim as you celebrate the Zvav, uh, the Megillah, sorry, all the other mitzvahs, um, in Shushan, where the Nets of Shushan Purim happened, um, the only city today that's considered to be a Vada is Yerushalayim, because Yerushalayim is the one location where it's really hard to lose the uh, geographical spot. And I'm not sure where Yerushalayim is. I mean, you know, Hamaria, we have, we have, you know, we have so many uh, very, very major landmarks in Yerushalayim that it's hard to lose, uh, hard to miss that. But all the other places mentioned in the Gemara, etc., or places that people came up with later, are all gather Suffolk and they celebrate too. Uh, I'm not sure what's left of the Jewish community in Shushan today, if anything, and uh, you know, I don't know if there's really a con- continuity of the minic there, but like you saw from the Beis I think we know that historically there were, there was a community in, in Shushan uh, near the, is it even the historic site? I don't know, but there's like the, we know that the palace, Akhashoresh's palace in Shushan, has been excavated, archaeologists have found it, there are inscriptions there, etc., 
Um, I think that's not quite in the city itself, but I just saw that there are those who want to argue from Pshat and the Megillah itself that Shushan Habira and Ir Shushan are not quite the same thing. Shushan Habira means Shushan the palace. Bira is a palace, that's the location of Ahasuerus. Uh, Usually the palace is, it's, could be its own uh, sort of uh, the suburb of the city. And Ir Shushan, that's where the Eden lived, etc. So I haven't researched the historicity of the city of Shushan, but clearly, like I said, from the Mechaber, it just sounds like he's talking about Shushan as a realistic place, and I definitely have heard the Chlolos, that there was a community in Shushan, I believe they celebrated Shushan Purim, so you have that, you have Yerushalayim, because that's a vada, and everything else is a suffix. Uh why Bechlal, where does the whole Bimois Yeshub and Nun thing come from? So, the quote of Yerushalmi, the Yerushalmi, the, 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 the Bavid just gives a drashim, says, Yerushalmi says that Clearly, Chachamim wanted to include more cities in celebrating Shushan Purim. And if you made it, Yaris Bukafas Chaima, Mimais Shushan Purim, so no cities in Eretz Yisrael will be included because Eretz Yisrael was destroyed at the time. There were no cities with walls in Eretz Yisrael then. So it would be a Busha, many other cities might be on the list because you're starting much later, but Eretz Yisrael itself wouldn't be, that would be disrespectful. So instead, uh, they went with Yeshua Benon, and that can include, uh, that's, that gives an emphasis towards Eretz Yisrael. Uh, if you look at it from a historical perspective, you can look up, uh, you know, Wikipedia has a list of ancient cities by date. There aren't that many uh, necessarily ancient cities, especially in our part of the world. There are some, there are a few that are especially continuous, and we can say this is the site of the city. Dafka in Greece, you have, uh, you have a couple, and uh, we know from elsewhere there were places in Greece where they had this minic, uh, Taka, Misafik. So this is some of the information we're working with here. Everything else, you have these cities in Israel, like I said, maybe they're mentioned in the Gemara. Then you have random cities in Turkey and Greece where the Minig at some point became that, you know what, this feels like an ancient city. We don't have exact today. We have Wikipedia back then. They didn't. They were working more on uh, you know, rumors, shmuas, estimates. But people had the sense of a certain place that this place feels like it might have been around since you should have known. It might have had a wall. Unclear even how much information you need to have in order to create a suffix, which we might, we should be getting to. But different Sveikas arose, or even were cities in Europe that uh, Prague, there are some occurrences that say that in Prague they decided that uh, there's a Suffolk, even though if you look at the history up today uh, Western Europe, or even Eastern Europe, but not, except Greece, Greece is like in the Mediterranean, Greece, Italy, but if you go uh, more west all this, uh, the whole cult, you know, culture civilization in Europe has only been around since the time of the Romans, since the time of Ayashani. There really isn't uh, much to speak of. Of course, you can always speculate what the prehistoric uh, nomadic tribes were up to, but uh, you know, the Pashtas, not much going on. As we'll see, the Levush essentially said pretty clearly that you should not have any Sveikas regarding Europe. But as we see, despite that, in Prague, they uh, decided there is a Suffolk. So this is some of the halacha and history that's uh, necessary to know in order to approach this topic. Part of the Shaila Sarchas Shul today might also be based on Samach Venera. Is it Samach Venera to a certain place, even if it's not the, the place itself? Mishnah Bruda says if you're just smuchas to a suffolk, then you don't, you just read on your dollar. And the Chazanish said, no, if you have a city that has a minute Mesafik, so the Ottoman Smuchas should also uh, be created Mesafik. That expands the map of, Shush- of Suffolk Shisham Purim tremendously, depending who you follow. Like I said, there's much more, and each location has its own history. And so now, now we're seeing that there are those who want to argue that no, we have another location that has a Vada, that Lud should be treated as a Vada. So that's very interesting.
Now, instead of uh, tackling the whole subject from beginning to end, which is not within the scope of the shir, I want to focus on uh, interesting halachic shaklavataria, fairly obscure from the last 100 years, which could could serve as a sort of extreme example, an extreme test of the question of what is a suffix? How, what is the standard? What is, what is the barometer? What is the bar for a suffix when we say there's a suffix? We find this in Shut Mishpatei Uziel. Now, there's different, there's different numbering. It's called Tinyana, but it's also called Krach Gimel. Erechaim Simnevav. Mishpatei Uziel was from Sion Mer Chai Uziel, lived from the 1880s to the 1950s, passed away in 1953. He was the second Rishon Lutzion and Avarashi Svardi in Israel, uh, a major Rav in his time. Uh, he actually was born in Yerushalayim to a Svardi family. There was a, an ongoing Svardi presence, of course, in Eretz Israel for many hundreds of years. He was influenced by very early religious Zionism, like very early, 1850s, 70s, very early. There were early Zionist uh, voices within the Sephardi world as well. Uh, he became Rishon Tzion in 1939, and he had the position until his passing in 1953, back when there was a lifetime appointment. So in this Krach Gimel Tinyana, Ayra Chaim Semenvav, there's a tshuva from Gimel of Tafresh Tzadik Vav, 1936, addressed to Montevideo is a city in Uruguay. Uruguay is a city in South, is a country in South America on the East Coast. I think right below Brazil. Um, Okay, so that's, uh, that's already interesting. So we're talking essentially about uh, a location in the Americas. Now, uh, how long have Jews been in Montevideo? So if you look it up, Wikipedia, History of the Jews in Uruguay, so apparently some Jews fleeing the Inquisition already arrived there uh, as early as the 1500s. The Inquisition, uh, even though it was active in other locations in South America, we know that uh, Jews in the, uh, arrived in Brazil very early on uh, and enjoyed freedom there under the Dutch, and then the Spanish came and reconquered it, I believe, the Spanish or the Portuguese, but uh, it was reconquered, and the Inquisition uh, arrived, and though the Jews had to leave, but there was a, a full-on, full-fledged front community with a Rav, a Chosh in Brazil, Mamish, uh, very, very early on, for a brief uh, period of time. Um, so there were, I guess, sporadic uh, Jews who arrived there early, where the Inquisition wasn't as active, but uh, when we speak of the community in uh, Uruguay, Montevideo, um, it starts somewhere in the 1800s after the Inquisition. People don't necessarily know the Inquisition was still functioning to some extent or another through the beginning of the 1800s. So past the Balshemtev, past the, around to the time of the Alter Rebbe, Inquisition was still a thing. I've seen different dates about when the last uh, burning, public burning of a Jew was, but uh, fairly late. Um, so from the 1800s, that's when, you know, also modern history, essentially, that's when immigration to the Americas starts uh, beginning in earnest. A lot of Ashkenazim, Sephardim too. Um, Montevideo was the largest location. By 1909, there were 150 Jews. The first minion opened in 1912. The first shul opened in 1917 in Ashkenazi shul. They opened schools in the 20s. Um, and the big immigration took place in the 20s and the 30s, so this tshuva is from 1936. Who's it to? Rav Agazi. Who's that? Tried looking it up. Sure enough, if you search Isaac Algazi, so he has a large footprint online, mainly because he was actually a very musical individual, known more as a chazan. 
And there actually are a lot of recordings of his, and for those interested in that part of Jewish history, Jewish musical history, so apparently he's a valuable uh, resource and an important person in that world. Um, but uh, there's a lengthy article singing his praises on some Turkish website, and they mention that, uh, you know, his life story, Bicycle Gazi was born in Turkey, uh, Radio was known for being a very musical person back then, He's also, they also emphasized that he was called rabbi, wherever he had a position, they did call him rabbi, so that, I guess, would fit with how Ozil is uh, referring to him, he's not just Stama Hazen. And then in 1935, he did in fact end up a month of a day. At that point, there was a large community of expats, of Turkish Jews in Izmir, which is where he was from. So he was joining uh, the diaspora of his community in Montevideo in Uruguay. That's where this, uh, that's the background for this the question. And it doesn't get emphasized immediately, but it's worth emphasizing. The Jews in Izmir kept two days of Purim. So that probably is a factor in how this question came to be. So he says, oh, man, Vasunuse Demar. And also it makes sense that there's some kind of uh, familiarity connection with Zeal and uh, Isaac Algazi, uh, I guess, ran in overlapping circles, so there was some uh, familiarity there. So, man, Vasunuse Demar, so humble, you're asking me to answer the following Shilas, and... There are nine questions, and some of them are a little more uh, dick. You would associate with uh, questions in America. What do you do with burial when the non-Jews and Jews are intermarried? Can you bury the non-Jews in the Jewish cemetery? Can you bury the Jews in the intermarriage in the Jewish cemetery? Some of those questions. But the first questions are more interesting. The first question is, what's the story with uh, in the southern hemisphere? Uh, apparently the minig at that time in this community was that they just never said Merida Geshem at all. Because once you say it, uh, so they just didn't say it at all. They said Merida Tal Gamsir. On Shmir Yatzeres and Pesach, they did Tfilas Tal and Tfilas Geshem. That they did. But uh, otherwise, also they have different Nuschois for Baruch Aleinu. They have the Nusach where uh, during the winter, it's one Nusach, the whole Baruch Aleinu, Baruch Aleinu, Baruch Aleinu. So they, they just went with the summer Nusach Gansiyar. So he's asking Vizil, is that correct? So Vizil addresses that. Second question. Why? One side of the Suffolk. So when I was reading it, I was like, that's a, that's a funny way of explaining, so why would you think that you should? But again, if they're coming from Izmir, and that's the Minig, so to them, the Pashtos Purim was a two-day affair. And they're coming to a new city, they... Yiddishkeit to them is a two-day Purim. But now, others are saying, what are you talking about? America, so that's why, that's, that's the only part that needs to be explained. Obviously, we should be keeping two. You want to explain to me why not? Oh, America wasn't around them. Okay? So should be counted as a muk of That was the question that Vizil quotes back. So this is what Vizil answered. Vizil said, in your Mikra Megillah, you doubt as well. You had the Suffolk, to, whether to read two days with Suffolk or just one. So he begins by quoting the Lavosh that I alluded to before. The Lavosh wrote, He's referring to Europe uh, as we think of it. Lavosh is saying a very sound historical fact that civilization didn't really arrive in Europe till around the Romans, Mamash Bayashani time. Surprisingly late. So Lavosh said that. Okay. And he's Matayan also to the Then Ravazil says, Rezil says, 
Who's to say about any place that it was certainly not Meyoshev in Yeshua's days? He calls it in Rabbi Zil's book. Read the Megillah Yadalad and again on Tazvah B'lay Bracha. So continue the Minag Revo'elam into Montevideo, Uruguay as well, because who's to say? There's no certainty, no one has any certainty that a place was not Meyoshev. Alright, and that seems essentially to be his, he doesn't spell it out fully, but that his barometer seems to be that you have to know with certainty that it was not me Yeshua me Yeshua. The moment, uh, go prove a negative. Uh, how, how are you going to prove to me that Montevideo did not have a city with walls be me Yeshua? You can't. Okay, so that's why Reva Elam, according to Vizil, should keep two days, which he thinks is normal. He's saying that's been a grave Elam. And he goes on to the other questions. Like I said, there are eight questions, right? But, very surprising, shocking, answer, not how we're used to thinking about it. Uh, right? So according to Brazil, uh, throughout uh, North and South America, through uh, you know, all five boroughs, uh, Borough Park, Flatbush, etc., we should all be keeping uh, uh, two days of Purim. Now, if you actually want to look up the history, you can look up you know, Wikipedia, history, history of Uruguay. So, you know, we know there were some parts of the Americas, the Aztecs had cities, there's different, uh, you know, interesting histories of the, of the natives. As it happens in Uruguay, the way it's described is, is that uh, 4,000 years ago, uh, certain tribes arrived there. Uh, it, it never reached more than 10,000 to 20,000 people. They lived in small tribes of nomadic, uh, so literally you know, small groups, nomadic, moving around. Never reached more than 10 to 20,000 people in that general area. It is estimated there were about 9,000, I hope I don't mispronounce, Charua and 6,000 Chana and Gurani at the time of first contact with the Europeans in 1500. So based on anything we know about Uruguay, there's certainly not much that sounds like uh, you know, walled uh, Aztec cities uh, civilization in that sense, even if you want to talk about uh, native civilization independently from our Western-centric uh, narrative and history of civilization. Yeah, that's just if you want to get very uh, technical and historical about it, the way the Levush essentially was, getting uh, technical and historical. So this is a, a very interesting Mishim Zeal. It itself is not very uh, well known. But I discovered, I saw that it's actually uh, Shaq There was someone who read it at the time, noticed it and responded to it, and we have what he wrote, and that was of Mishim Roth. Mishim Roth lived from the 1870s to the 1960s, he uh, was born in Galicia, he was a rov later in Ukraine and in Romania. <clears throat> he was part of the Rabbanut Rashid once he arrived in, uh, in Israel. And his shot is called Shut Kroma Vasser. Uh, he was in, he was actually in Romania during World War II. Romania had an interesting history during World War II. Uh, Romania was never fully occupied, it was though part of the Axis. So the Jews that were in Romania proper and Bucharest, they were actually untouched, pretty much. Uh, Jews who were in other regions, uh, Bukavina, etc. So a lot of them were exiled to Transnistria. They were dragged from their houses and dumped in this sort of uh, no man's land between different countries. It was a very horrible time, but it's not quite the usual uh, European Holocaust experience you're familiar with. Anyway, he was in Chernovitz was a city which got uh, exiled to Transnistria. <laughs> Um, but they, uh, he was there at the time, but in 1943 they managed to uh, bribe authorities, they smuggled him to Bucharest, which was safer, and then in 1944 he uh, emigrated to Eretz Yisrael, joined the Rabbanot, etc. <clears throat> then he retired, and then he passed away. 
He was associated with the Zionists as well, but apparently he was more respected even by anti-Zionist uh, groups. I guess he had a very proper Haredi background. So, Mshut Kol Mavasar, Chelek Aleph, Simon Samach Aleph. There's no date here, but as we'll see from elsewhere, he wrote this letter in the second half of Tavshin Yud. I didn't check when that Chelek Mishpat Yuzil was printed, but presumably, I would assume within a year before. So Mishpat Yuzil is printing his form with his Shuvas, and the Mishlom Roth is getting the safer, and he's responding, so he writes to Yididi, I'm looking at your shut Mishpat Yuzil, Madura Tanyana, Chelek Arachim, that you sent me as a Matana, and here are a few Ha'aras, and his first Ha'ara is on the Shtek Simen Vav Shuva Beis, about the skill in America, and he quotes the thing back. Now he says, the Magan Avram also quoted the Lavush. Right? The Lavush maybe isn't as heavy in authority sometimes when you uh, discuss Yen Erechaim, but the Magan Avram is uh, pretty big, and he also quotes the Lavush. That's where we're familiar with uh, this, this Vartra. Fine. So that's certainly not in faith, that's not going with Rebazil's Mahalach. Rebazil mentioned it, he mentioned the Lavush, but the Magan Avram also. He says, I'm very surprised, though, that you didn't mention what the Bishayasif cites. If you look, and not in Mechaber, in the Bishayasif, in Simitav Shpechaz, there the Mechaber, the Bishayasif Taka gets into this whole subject much more Baruchas, and he quotes, Da Sarav Reb Yosef Abiyov. Now, when I was putting this together, I was wondering who's Reb Yosef Abiyov. I mean, I know there's a Bitzak Abuhov that the Bishayasif quotes a lot. Is that, is that a mistake? But no, apparently there was some individual from the, uh, the Spanish uh, exile community whose name was Reza Abiyov, Mechaber quotes him here, when you search the name, uh, a lot of stuff from Purim, uh, you got a lot of hits from Purim, so that's what maybe his claim to fame, that he had uh, this uh, statement to make on this subject. <clears throat> Reza Abiyov said, what's a suffolk? This question, what is a suffolk? When the Rambam said, the Rambam taka codified, he wrote, Shekayin Bebeza Hayomim, What's a krach shusafik? He said, the Mechaber quotes him, There's an actual disagreement with two parties very certain about their position. Some say mukafas, and some say ain't a mukafas. It wasn't mukafas chamim Yeshua. That's where your doubt arose from, because some said azoi, and some said azoi. If you only had those saying this, you wouldn't have a suffolk in that direction, or vice versa. But here you have a disagreement. I don't know what to do. You know, that's a suffolk. But if you have no idea at all, why make it suffolk? That's not a suffolk. What are you unsure about? You don't know anything. And he actually he brought an interesting Say uh, surprising Gishmakaraya from Hilchas Shdogas Hashem Badai Hashem Taloi. When do you bring an Hashem Taloi of a Suffolk? What's the uh, what's the definition of a Suffolk? Same question. So Shteitad Nirambam. Right, I mean, you can eat anything and convince yourself that what if it was treif? Uh, I think maybe it was treif. Uh, is that how you did, did create a suffix? No, it's There has to have been a known isr that was present there. And now the shayla is which one you ate. That's how you always describe the asham tole, and that, there's a reason for that. That's a, a very necessary ingredient of the suffix of an asham tole. That was Yosef Abiyuv's Raya. So from here we see the Tzushtel to the Megillah. Stam here on Makafas Chaimov. Ain Yoydim Babi Makafas Chaimov. Mr. Shua in love. Leibala Klaus Safik Klaus. There's no Safik here yet. We only read on your knowledge. Who's Man Kriya Lareiv Oilam? Here, back to the Machaber, back to these sources that are, of course, saying that Lareiv Oilam reads on one day. 
Now, the Beis Yosef, Meshulam Roth, Kolavasa, says, Taka, the Beis Yosef was doicha the daya. There's a whole shock of Ataria that you can go off into on the Tushtel, Tashem Tali, and Shkagas. But he says, the Beis Yosef wrote afterwards, Mir Yesh Lakayim Dvara from the Ran. The Ran says that the whole Musik and Gemara, the Gemara already mentions that in certain locations in Tveria, Hutzel, they read Misafik. Right? The Gemara has a list of places that they read Vadai, not just Yushalayim, Lord, those other places. And then the Gemara also mentions that there were places that they read twice Misafik, which is where this whole concept originates from. So the, Ran, the way the Ran writes it is that it was Umidas Chsidis. They didn't have to do both, it was Tama Umidas Chsidis. And the way he describes it is that the Ran's Lashen, Lafishi Tosoi, says, Apesha Hayu Nechlokim Bekabalasam, Zel Emer Mukafes, Vazel Emer Ain Mukafes. What kind of scenario at the Ran Angachap, what created the Sophic in Gemara? That they were arguing, one said Azoi and one said Azoi. Mashma Midvarov, the Beshais of Seth, from here we see it's a Raya Turbias Rabiov, that Davka Pekahai Gavna, that's a Sophic. Now, according to the Ran with the Goinim, it's Mimidas Chsidis, and the equivalent position of the Rambam is that it's Medina, that you have to talk, uh, read uh, Misafic Medina. But Papashtus the Rambam is going along with the same categorization of the Ran as to what constitutes a Sophic. But no information, lack of data, uh, the Meshesif continues and says that um, those who read the problem is that already in the time of the Meshesif there were a number of places in which it just looked like people were reading on two days Stam because they had a wall in their day and they were just sort of saying well, it uh, looks like a pretty hush of a city maybe, uh, you know, we'd like to think that it goes back many thousands of years since there's actually a wall there, so that alone, you know, move the bar a bit down and say, once there's a wall there, that's enough to create doubt. But that's still not the same as going to the other extreme. And then at the end, the Bishayis writes that he also got a Sefer Ashkenazi and a manuscript with Ashkenazi Mikairis, and there's a Shuvah there that says, the Kol Krochem Didan Koinem Biyadalad. More that, you know, we see that most of the cities I read on two days were more in the Svardi uh, uh, area, the arena, part of the world, and Ashkenazi mostly did not, with uh, some notable exceptions. So, Lavush later, but this is even earlier. There's a chuva that says, We know for sure. Also using the um, So, Zok the Mishalom Roth, so it sounds like the Bishayis, you omitted this whole discussion, this very, very direct mocker for this question, you omitted it from your tshuva to Montevideo, and my reading of the Beshesev is that ultimately, even though he disagreed on the Raya from Mechush Gagas, the Beshesev hiskim ledina to this statement, to this view, that there has to be episa yusoyed to the Sophic, not just, uh, I don't know anything. He's been signed to the Bir Hagra, as another uh, mocker, another Raya, so he says, V'lachem dina s'rechoikis g'in America, sh'adas naita yaser, sh'loi hayum yishoves v'me yeshua, a place like America, why would you think that there was uh, something there? P'shito sh'yesh lifsuk, z'okta m'shulam roth k'das alavosh, l'magan avram, d'atzad, v'mdina s'elu, no safek, l'kliyama, inkarnak v'yadal. Then he goes off and says that he has his own shakavatari on the Beis Yosef, l'gabi hilchashagas, etc. Then he goes on to comment on other surprising things he found in Mishpatei Yuzil, and that shuv and other shuvas. 
Now, in recent years, it turns out that Ravuzil, uh, as we say in Evrit, Lonish Archayav, he answered, he responded, he didn't uh, give Mishnah Roth the last word. This is in Mishpat Ravuzil, and again, Badurat Lisa, Chelek Chas. Uh, apparently was printed for the very, very first time uh, a little over 20 years ago, 20 years ago, Yishalayim Tavshin Samach Aleph, Miksav Yad HaMechaber, as Mord Chaliyahu writes the Divri Bracha, we're very happy that we have these Choshevet Shuvas. So in Simon Samach Aleph, there's a response from Chav Ches Shvat Tavshin Yud Aleph, to Agoyin HaGodl, Mufurs from Shalom Roth, Chavar Rabbanut HaRashit HaRetz Yisrael, he says, I'm sorry that I only got around to responding to your wonderful artist now. And he writes, your artist from Yud Gimel Sivan Tavshin Yud. So from Sivan to Shvat, took him a while to get back to him. But he acknowledges that. I'm going to try to respond. So, what I wrote, what you wrote, you mentioned that the Magan of Ram, right off the beginning, why don't you mention the Magan of Ram? So, yeah, I was with signed to the Bar Hatev. The Bar Hatev is uh, signing the Magan of Ram. He says, Grada, I don't think necessarily that the Magan of Ram was masking to the Lavush, because in the same Magan of Ram he also quotes the Shalah, and the Shalah wrote, the Chutz Laaretz, Yesh Krachim Shadoyal Estabek Behem. And that sounds like he's disagreeing with the Magan of Lavush, who said to him, Dinas Elu Ein Lestabek. Magan of Ram cited both. So who says the Magan of Ram is even uh, on, on your side? But then you asked me, what about, what about the whole Hemda Arichas of the Beis Yosef? So he says, if you look at my tshuva, you can see from the format of my tshuva that I wasn't getting at the shak of It's question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. He says, you can tell, teva hadvarim hoyim mechaivim. It wasn't the, the, the time and the place to, to write ba'arichas. And if I try to be ma'arich on each one, uh, there were eight questions. Now, why was, what was my point? He says, my point was, the person asking said that because America wasn't around, uh, as we, you know, colloquially we say, it wasn't around, I'm uh, sure. So I said... That who's to say it wasn't? You want to say it wasn't? To them, who's to say? We don't know. And therefore, we should do what I call, I'm adding, but again, he invokes. So obviously, what I'm saying is, of course, the Ikra Kriyas be Yadalid, but it's also good to read on this Hobalai Bracha, And of course, it's not Mamish uh, Medina, it's a Minik. And by the way, he says, the, uh, your reading of the Beis Yosef, what the Beis Yosef's maskana, and that whole shtickle there is, that he's pasking like a Beis Yosef. Adarab, he disagreed, he upkefrakt uh, uh, his Zirayas. Yeah, at the end he quoted that Sefer Ashkenazi, but uh, he also, uh, last we heard, he was Deicher Zirayas, so, And then he goes on and wants to say that it's Meduik in the Shulchan Aruch. How does the Shulchan Aruch write it? So he wrote, the first sentence was, So it sounds like, only when you know that it's a vada, how do you know Shainam Mukafim? Must be you have certainty. When you have certainty, from here is mashma that everything else, by definition, by default, is a suffolk. So he wants to read it straight into the Lashon HaMechaber and Shulchan Aruch. And he quotes from the Radbaz and the Chidah that uh, mentioned different places where Pashtus there wasn't even a uh, reason to think there was a suffolk, but the Minog was to read them both. So uh, he says, his understanding is, but it was up to him, yeah, everywhere, everywhere in the world, Batsim should 
And when he when he sees us in Olam, I guess within that you know pre uh, pre modern Eretz Yisrael, I guess most cities in Eretz Yisrael perhaps had this minig, and uh, a number of notable cities in Turkey and Greece. So within that orbit, uh, maybe Taka felt like Olam, That was the normal way of celebrating Purim. Let's just conclude over here. He says, I want to add, Sheil is Isaiah Chadasha, because of course we have many other big in America from the last few decades, and it's not just limited to America, for many countries. It's not a brand new kid, didn't just open this year. And here he reveals, I think, with the basis really of this whole discussion. Here is where he acknowledges that's where they were coming from. They were coming from that minig, and they brought that minig in, they transplanted the minig here. And now someone's trying to come and undermine the minig. So you're going to come and say, only read on your Dalit, so we're passing their old minig, we're confusing people. Mishimkach Matsasi Latoy Venachots to just say Bikzarak Allah Psukka and it says in my opinion that's when you, uh, the kind of thing you say about then he goes off and discusses the Hilchashkagas discussion. Just want to conclude for thirty seconds. Um, one of the big authorities, one of the big uh, voices on this topic, the contemporary question right now is Bafraim Ariel Bookwald. He wrote a contrast a few years ago, Hayam Ma'el and Iskarim. Perhaps Blin uh, Eder off, uh, you know, not uh, live. Perhaps I'll record the summary of uh, his discussion if you want to get an understanding of a lot more of the halach and history. So in his contrast, he has a small section where he says, Hahazber Shel of Zeal, Kol Makim Husafik. Within the whole context, especially when you see what everyone else has said on the topic, Rav Zeal Shita really does stand out. He does seem to be the only uh, person to have ever uh, tried uh, attempting to, to, to state it that way. He quotes a Zeal referring to this also elsewhere in Mishpatei Zeal, and his whole presentation is just uh, incredulous. And, uh, where does Rav Zeal get this from? No one else ever said any such thing. And he quotes the first Shuva about America, and he's like, I can't believe that he said that. No one else would say such a thing. But uh, I think, like I said, this is, a, this is an extreme test that can help clarify how we even understand what constitutes a suffolk when we say that a uh, ear that's a suffolk, and with that we'll conclude for now.